What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The greatest entertainers in America is requested by you, the men and women in the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command performance presented this week and every week till you're home from the hospitals and back from over there. Ah, season's greetings, gang. This is Ken Carpenter sending Command Performance's annual Christmas gift your way. A big, beautiful 60-minute bundle chucked full of the country's top talent. For it's Christmas once more. Christmas, the day we forget our petty troubles and sorrows. Christmas, the day we try to act like charitable human beings, to act the way we should act 365 days a year. A time for friendliness, a time for laughter, or for tears. Tears of happiness. And seated before a cheerful fire in a small cottage in North Hollywood, a little girl sits listening to a wise old man. Little girl, Norma Jean Nilsson. Man, our beloved Lionel Barrymore. Lionel is reading to her. Up the chimney he rolled. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Golly, that was nice, Mr. Barrymore. Yeah, you like Christmas poems, Norma Jean? Oh, I like everything about Christmas. The tree, the present, Santa Claus coming to visit, and, oh, gee, just everything. Yeah, well, it's my favorite season, too, Norma Jean. It always has been ever since I was a little boy. Gee, is Christmas that old? Well, honey... Believe it or not, Christmas has been in existence even longer than I've been. Gosh, that must be over 20 years. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Mr. Barrymore, I get most of my Christmas fun out of opening my presents. What do you like best? Well, Norma Jean, that's hard to say. You see, different people enjoy different things about Christmas. Some people like to get presents, and some of us get more of a kick out of giving one fellow I know likes to spend his Christmas making the rounds of the hospital. 
giving impromptu shows. This is Bob Christmas Command Performance Hope, telling all you American servicemen from Alaska to the Isthmus to use a certain toothpaste on your teeth, and your mouth will always have a white Christmas. <laughs> well, Christmas is here, and Christmas always seems to bring a wonderful spirit of fellowship and friendship among the men. Why, the fellows are so friendly now, if you roll a seven, you win no matter how small you are. But you know, this year Christmas is being celebrated by young Americans in freezing weather, in hot weather, damp weather, foggy weather, and some of our servicemen are outside of California, too. <laughs> Thank you, you native swimmers. <laughs> and you know, it's a funny thing, but the men overseas don't like to receive Christmas cards. No, sir, they get suspicious now whenever they see anything that starts with greetings. I've been mailing some cards. Sinatra mailed some Christmas cards, but he forgot to let go of them, and I had to spend 20 minutes fishing him out of the slot with a coat hanger. <laughs> and you should have seen the mobs at the post office this year, and boy, did they shove you around. I still got my tongue to lick a stamp, and a guy from Glendale thanked me for washing his face. <laughs> well, Miss Vera Vague, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's patriotic to wear old things. <laughs> uh, you know, Mr. Hope, I think I'm going to be awfully disappointed this Christmas. I'm afraid Santa Claus is going to let me down. Well, what makes you think Santa Claus is going to let you down? Well, I guess nobody ever asked him for a husband before. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still looking for a husband, Miss Vague? Well, yes, I am, just up till the end of this week. Well, then what are you going to do? Start dredging for one. <laughs> That was awfully silly asking Santa Claus for a husband. He can't bring you a husband in his bag, you know. He can't bring me a husband in his bag? Of course not. Sad sack, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Dermot. Thank you, honey. Thank you, darling. Get on your broom and go home. And now I'd like you to meet a man who is the greatest authority in the world on wrapping and mailing packages for Christmas, Professor Colonna. different ways of enjoying Christmas. And one of the nicest things about the holiday is that it draws old friends together. People sort of get it in them to go visiting. Yeah, now that, that might be some business right now. Come in. Come in. Well, it's the Andrews sisters. Christmas, Lionel. Hello. Mr. Barrymore, which one is which? 
Patty. And I'm Maxine. I'm Laverne. All right, kids, all right. How about presenting us with a song? In fact, some people get too excited. <laughs> they practically go out of their minds. For instance, you take my friends Bert and Gert. Bert and Gert? Yeah. yeah known to some people as Linda Darnell and Groucho Moore. As the story opens, we're in the living room of the Hoopendijkster home. Gert, that's Linda Darnell, seems preoccupied as she sits there knitting. Bert, that's, um, Bert, sits there reading the evening paper. The moment is tense. Suddenly, Gert speaks. Oh, Bert. 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 What'd you say? <laughs> I said, Bert. Bert. Who are you? I'm your wife, Bert. Oh. In relation to my wife, Gert? I wonder if you know Bert Hoopendijkster. I'm his wife. Well, leave your name and address, and we'll let you know if anything turns up. <laughs> I know your husband. Great man, Bert. Oh, Bert, 
You're Bert Hoopendyke, sir, and, and I'm Gertrude, your wife. Merry Christmas. <laughs> May I call you Gertrude? Oh, Bert, there's something I, I must talk to you about. You see, Christmas is almost here, and, well, you haven't bought a present for our daughter. Daughter? Whose daughter? Our daughter. Your daughter, my daughter, our daughter. Things are tight. I can't buy presents for all of them. <laughs> no, no, there's only one daughter. Uh, our daughter, yours and mine, Bert and Gert. Then let them get her a present. <laughs> what's, the girl's, what's the girl's name? Olive. Olive? Who's Olive? Our daughter, Bert. Thought you said her name was Olive. You're going to drive me to distraction. Okay, but you'll have to put some gas in the car. <laughs> you, you've completely forgotten Christmas. And Olive. First, if you don't go out and get her a Christmas present, Olive's threatened to go to work in the coal mine. What? Our Olive in the pits? <laughs> We get out of her stuff. <laughs> Bert, uh, why don't you get her some alligator shoes? Nothing doing. Why should I buy shoes for her pet? <laughs> oh, oh, Bert, Olive just ran upstairs threatening to do something drastic. Oh, what was that? That was Johnny stepping out of store windows all over the country. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Linda. Merry Christmas, Roger. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas everybody. everybody. Whoa, Tonda, whoa. Merry Christmas. Huh. I'm on my way over to the big Christmas command performance. Oh, that's nice. Miss Totter, what are you going to do on command performance? Well, a Sergeant Joseph Ames wrote us this letter. Can you read it? Hmm. I can try. What I'd most like to hear is a poem my mother used to read to me every Christmas Eve. And I'd like to have you do it, especially for my own two kids, who are over here with me now. I've forgotten what it's called, but I think it starts out when the night grows gray and the stars are gold, when bells for Christmas ring. Oh, I wouldn't mind hearing that poem myself. Well, we did a little hunting for Sergeant Joe, and I hope this is a poem he wants. It's called On Christmas Eve. things 
piled under the command performance Christmas tree, and I came upon a darling little package. On top, it looked like a military hairbrush. But when I looked a little further, I saw it was Gary Moore. Thank you. Thank you very much, my friends, and greetings, armed forces all over the world. Say, how about me, Gary? Uh, don't I get a greeting, too? <laughs> Hello, Dinah. Hello, Garrison. Dinah... Dinah, why don't you fly away with me? Come out into the moonlight where we can be romantic to the beautiful strains of Schubert's Serenade. Or the Moonlight Sonata. Or the Beer Barrel Polka. Now, 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 hold the phone just a minute, Gary. The Beer Barrel Polka doesn't exactly make you feel romantic. It does if you drink the beer first. <laughs> but I guess, I guess you're right at that, Dinah. The Christmas season is too hectic a time for lovemaking. Oh, been keeping you busy, huh? Gary, do you give presents to all the stars every year? Oh, indeed I do. And this year... <laughs> oh, you do? Indeed I do. And this year, this year, Donna, for Bob Hope, I've really got a dilly of a present. Oh, for Bob Hope. What uh, is it? A grew a, a love of... Oh. A what? <laughs> Check that again. Is it a grew love of what? Curves at the wrist? I got it. No, it's a rocking chair, and it's curved even more. <laughs> Just see him from the front. You can't see him from the back the way you do. But you take you take a few years back now, Dinah. A few years back, I gave Noel Coward a fountain pen, and he's been refilling it ever since. I gave Basil Rathbone a pipe, and he's been refilling it ever since. And come to think of it, I should never have given Crosby that baby carrot. <laughs> and last, last but not least, Dinah, last but not least, I picked out just the thing for Frank Sinatra. A lovely corsage of vitamin pills. <laughs> Frankie boy is not as frail as he looks. Besides, I've never thought too much of vitamin pills anyway. You haven't? No, I... Why, bless your little liver extract. <laughs> and speaking of vitamins, I hear someone approaching who's loaded with them. The one and only snarkle himself, Jimmy Durante. <laughs> Stand erect. Add a little class to the jump. Well, now, Jim, in as much as this is an armed forces event tonight, let's do something military. Fanfare, Professor. 
time, ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to present a stirring lecture on the United States Navy by that eminent naval authority, Rear Admiral Poop Deck Durant. Poop Deck? Even that is better than Al Dunquin. <laughs> Lecture, Admiral Durante has chosen the exciting title, Anchors Away, or I Can Row. Can you? <laughs> That's my boy who said that. Now, wait a minute, lady. Batten down your first. Batten down. Batten down. <laughs> Three bats, you're out. Batten down your forecastle and put a clip in your zipper. I don't know the first thing about the Navy. You don't? Well, you, uh, you know about blondes, don't you? Okay, so I don't know the second thing about the Navy. <laughs> Besides, Junior, if you know so much about the Navy, why don't you give the lecture? Well, I'd love to, Schnoz, but I have to leave. Now, you see, I've, uh, I've taken on a new job, Jimmy. You've taken on a new job, Junior? Yes, I've taken on a new job, Jimmy. Well, tell me, where is your new job located, Junior? Well, my new job is located in a peaceful, placid, and pleasant place called Popular Poplars, Pennsylvania, Jimmy. Your new job is located in a peaceful, placid, and pleasant place called Poplar Poplars, Pennsylvania, Junior? Yes, my new job is located in a peaceful, placid, and pleasant place called Popular Poplars, Pennsylvania, Jimmy. Head for the open sea, men. There's a big blower brewing. <laughs> I can go along with a gag. Tell me, who is your new job with in a peaceful, placid, and pleasant place called Poplar Poplars, Pennsylvania, Junior? Why, my new job is with Brother Blake's Great 88 Acre Pancake Bakery in a peaceful, placid, and pleasant place called Popular Poplars, Pennsylvania, Jimmy. Your new job is with Brother Blake's Great 88 Acre Pancake Bakery in a peaceful, placid, and pleasant place called Poplar Poplars, Pennsylvania, Junior. <laughs> How many points do I need for a discharge? <laughs> Tell me, who do you wait for in your new job at Brother Blake's great 88 acre pancake bakery in a peaceful, pleasant, pleasant place called Pop the Full of Pleasant Junior? <laughs> Why, I work for the Flapjack Stacker and Cracker Packer at Brother Blake's great 88 acre pancake bakery in a peaceful, pleasant, pleasant place called Pop the Pop of Pennsylvania, Jimmy. You wait for the Flapjack Stacker and Cracker Packer at Brother Blake's great 88 pancake bakery in a peaceful, pleasant, pleasant place called Pop the Full of Pennsylvania Junior? <laughs> If you shall not bring tonight. <laughs> but tell me, what do you do in your new job at the flat jack of stacker and cracker pack with Brother Blake's great 88 acre pancake bake me in a peaceful pleasant <laughs> I guess that's asking him. <laughs> what do I do, huh? Why, I'm a rookie sugar cookie cooker for the flapjack stacker and cracker pack with Brother Blake's great 88 pancake bake in a peaceful pleasant and pleasant place called Popular Potters, Pennsylvania, Jimmy. You're a rookie sugar cookie for me for the flapjack stacker. how he does it. He leaves out the semicolon. Now, oh, mighty fine cooking, Gary Moore and Jimmy Raddy. Now, we need more decorations around here, so let's bring on a girl who really has the trimmings. Come on out, Gloria De Haven. Just 
In case you can't read out there. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful, Gloria. You know, I saw you in your last picture. You had a big pet in it. Uh, Bob, don't you mean part? Pet. Part. Pet. Part. Stick around after the program. I'll show you what I mean. <laughs> Gloria, did you get the present I sent you, the sweater? Sweater? Was that little thing a sweater? Sure. <laughs> what do you think it was, a pot holder? in your mind. <laughs> Why, yes, and I thought how nice it was of you to give up one of your girdles. <laughs> it was just a thought, you know. <laughs> now listen, Gloria, it wasn't that small. No, oh, no. I put it on my poor little water spaniel. What happened? It took me a half an hour to sponge him out. <laughs> we'll let that go. Gloria, you're going to have a party this year. Your shindig last year was great. Remember you had dancing upstairs in that ballroom with the big bay window? Oh, yes. Of course, I was just sort of an onlooker. Well, Bob, did you enjoy the party? I did till I fell out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all behind me. 
Say, am I? <laughs> Let's start that other routine again, huh? Am I invited to your party tonight? If you are, Bob, my social secretary better look for a new job. But, Gloria, girl, you should invite me out of sheer gratitude. I sent you a gift. Well, gee whiz, I sent you a gift. A fine gift, paper towels. <laughs> you think I was too stingy to buy towels? I wouldn't say that, but yours are the only socks I've ever seen Mark Block. Don't rub. <laughs> come to think of it, Bob, you might as well come over. You have charm, and you can mingle with the people. True, true. Well, now, let's see. The guests are... Too, too, true. Let's see. The guests arrive around 8. You'd better be there at 7 to meet everybody at the door. Oh, am I the guest of honor? Guest of honor? No, you're going to be the butler. Gloria. Now, fellas, here's the guy who's responsible for all these swell radio shows. The Commandant of Armed Forces Radio Service. Thank you, Bob Hope. This is my first opportunity to appear on an Armed Forces Radio Service program and to publicly thank you and our command performance cast for the magnificent help you've given us. I would be derelict in my duty if I did not take this opportunity to also extend that thanks to all people in the entertainment world who, through the Hollywood Coordinating Committee, have made possible this great Christmas Day program. We of the Armed Forces Radio Service are merely the means by which these programs are collected and distributed. It is the unselfish spirit of cooperation of all people of the entertainment world who make possible the successful accomplishment of our mission. This command performance is but one of the many radio programs heard this Christmas Day. I am certain that I speak for all the men and women who are now in service overseas and our listeners in the hospitals constituting our bedside network as I extend this expression of their appreciation for these magnificent shows. I will now sing a note from Wagner's famous opera, Ion Gin. Ha! What a note. Gin. Uh, the name of that opera is Lohengrin. When Wagner heard when Wagner heard me sing that note, he went out and got high on gin. <laughs> I got a million of them, a million of them. And all protected by DDT. <laughs> well, Snod, how are you? Wonderful, Dinah. Come here. a long time with that pop. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, you kissed me. It's your own fault you were standing under the mistletoe. Well, how could I help it? You got it tied to the end of your nose. <laughs> Madam, such a statement implies an unwitting malisance of Henry Catapult trust in my structural integrity and rectitude. <laughs> I don't know. I only hope it's clean. You know, as long as you're here, I might as well give you a Christmas present. Okay. What is it? A wonderful pair of bookends. Can you use a pair of bookends? Indubitably. That's the part <laughs> I always read first. 
Dorena, you mad scholar, you. Dinah, I got a gift here for your husband. Oh, wonderful, George. has wanted a watch for so long. What is it, a groin curve to fit the wrist? No, it's a rocking chair, and it's curved even more. <laughs> if he wants a custom tailored, I can get him a private city. <laughs> and for you... Yes, yes, James. For I me? Off, I offer myself... I hear you need a suave, sophisticated English drawing room type. Oh, but I do. But, uh, Jimmy, you're not the slick, no coward type. I... I, I beg to differ. Not only am I related to the great English author, noble coward, my... <laughs> Musicians are uneducated. <laughs> my uncle is a second cousin, frightened stiff. <laughs> Why, my great-grandfather, son, Sir Rumpelbottom Durante, was an important man in the English county of Ketchup Squire. No, no, wait, wait a minute. You mean Worcestershire. I would if they'd spell it out in syllables. <laughs> you know, in the reign of Henry IV, Dinah, uh-huh. Sir Rumpelbottom presided over a big country seat. No kidding. <laughs> Uh, where am I here? Well, uh, bottom was presiding. Yeah, over a big country seat. No kidding. But with the event of Henry V, he fell into political disfavor. He was ordered to move the country seat from Ketchup Squire to, uh, to, uh... No place to go? Right. <laughs> what a dilemma. There he was with a big seat, no place to put it. I guess I'll take a chance and present you as a slick leading man. Uh, Howard, uh, will you set the scene? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who's going to be my leading lady? I got a pass on her talent. Oh, I think you'll like her. It's a lovely girl named Esther Williams. (laughs) A sprightly chick. Do you approve of her talent? I can't. I can't read the answer. My glasses keep steaming up. <laughs> Mr. Durante, will I do? What's that? Will I do? That depends. Will you do what? Please, Chip, we've got to go ahead with our slick drama. Howard, will you set the scene, please? Gladly, Donna. Our play takes place on the terrace of one of London's London swag hotels. He's beginning to talk like me. <laughs> Our play takes place on the terrace of one of London's swankier hotels. A man paces back and forth impatiently. Suddenly, a woman steps out onto the terrace. With a start, the man recognizes her. She's his former wife. Angela. How are you, Angela? Oh, fine. Where have you been? I've been down at my coffee plantation. Well, how have you been? Been fine, old girl. Been fine. And how's the coffee? Fine beer, old girl. <laughs> Fine beer. You know, it's funny. I've traveled. I've been to most parts of the world. Yet I couldn't bring myself to buy a ticket to India. You didn't buy a ticket to India? No. Why didn't I don't know. I guess I'm too stingy. <laughs> 
I love that kind of carriage. <laughs> and you? Well, I've, uh, I've been abroad. Well, to get your past. <laughs> by the by, old girl, have you, uh, have you been married? Oh, yes, come to think of it. His name is Sir Victor Flubb. Quite bearable, really. Sir Victor Flubb? What does he do? I can't imagine. I only see him at night, you know. That guy must come home all lit up. <laughs> but what about you, darling? Have you remarried? Oh, uh, yes. A charming girl. Ralph. Anyone I know? I doubt it. Don't know her myself. <laughs> oh, come now. Of course you know her. No, married her on an impulse, you see. Rally. <laughs> yes, her pater got a sudden impulse and pulled a gun on me. <laughs> Tell me, old girl, are you completely happy? Oh, indeed, it's been quite gay. Victor's nice looking, you know. So is Sybil. Well, Victor is blonde. Sybil is blonde. Uh, Victor has blue eyes. Sybil has blue eyes. Victor has a close cropped mustache. Touche, old girl. Touche. <laughs> Sybil's mustache is long and flowing. <laughs> oh, Forsyth, Forsyth. Remember how we met. It was at Lady Froglesmere's lawn party. Lawn party? Ah, yes. Uh, she had just been evicted. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't you sometimes wish that, well... That we could recapture the beauty of the moment. Yes, indeed, but she's downtown working at the Follies Burlicue. <laughs> Forsyth, our parting was a mistake. I can't live without you. And, Jilla, don't you want me? I'm just a cat. Oh, darling, you're no cat. Yes, I am. Once I gave a backless evening gown to a girl with no sense of direction. <laughs> Dropping by. Oh, it was fun. Lots of luck, gang, and merry, merry Christmas. Yeah, merry Christmas, kid. Hey, hey, wait a minute, Snarzy. You gotta go. I mean, you can't go. You gotta sing. <laughs> <laughs> try to get me out of here. Oh, come on, Jimmy. You gotta sing a song. Thank you, girls, from the bottom of my heart. And if you hadn't have said those words, that three hours of rehearsal would have been a total loss. <laughs> I never in my lifetime was so delighted. Honest, I'm as happy as a clown. It happened at a musical where I was invited to the wealthiest home in this town. I knew the people were wealthy. When I sat down to dinner, they served nothing but money. What a party. I rubbed elbows with Iturvy. I rubbed elbows with Shasta Covey. I rubbed elbows with Rubenstein. I had to rub elbows with them. They wouldn't shake hands with me. <laughs> Anyway, after we dined and had dinner, too, we all sashayed into the music room. Immediately, I Kirby sat down and played his latest concerto. Then Shastakovich obliged with his latest E.T. And then Rubenstein filled the crowd with a Sinatra he composed. After the applause subsided, all eyes turned upon me. And why not? I was sleeping. <laughs> Ignoring the hostile stares of the Hoi Palu, I walked to the piano, bowed to the right, bowed to the left, and from my back pocket I took out my music, which was wrapped around a salami sandwich. <laughs> then I sat down at the Steinway. 
for the first time to present my symphony, my melody, and this is how it went. Chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee. Someday the world will recognize this lovely thing. I know the day will come when Frank and Bing will sing. Why, when I first sat down at the piano, the people cheered. In the middle of my concert, the people howled. And when I finished playing, a little old lady jumped up on the piano and bit me. To add to my humiliation, somebody stole my salami sandwich. But my chagrin was only temporary. Because history will be made when I introduce my symphony at the Hollywood Bowl. I can just hear that string section. The brass section. The oboes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Another outburst like that and your drums go back to Sears and Roper. Visualize a symphony orchestra behind me. An audience of 90,000 in front of me. A spotlight hit me, and Durani singing. Chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee. Like there are more. Come in. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm kind of late because of a rehearsal, but I just had to come over here and, and add my season's greetings to the rest of the gang. What did you rehearse this song for? Oh, just a little song called That's My Desire. Where? 
there are just lots of nice things strung on the command Christmas tree, but there's one thing missing. Oh, what's that? I'd like to hear a good old-fashioned Christmas song. Well, gee, Don, I don't know one, but uh, here are a couple of boys who do. It's those all-time favorites, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> again, Charlie. Yes, so what? Yeah. <laughs> I must say that I'm a little shocked at your attitude. Why? Why, at this season of the year, everybody's happy. Uh-huh. Everybody's on their best behavior because it's close to Christmas. Yeah, sure. I was on my best behavior last year. What did I get? <laughs> Nothing. I was so good. I was... Oh, you fire buzzard, you. <laughs> Now, Charlie, <laughs> snapping those flashlights. Well, now, now, you apologize to that man. I'm not through balling him out yet. All right. <laughs> I'm very sorry, sir. You know. <laughs> Take another one, will you? <laughs> now, where was I? You were laying an egg right there. <laughs> Well, if I remember correctly, Charlie, Santa Claus put something in your stocking last year. Well, he didn't stretch him out of shape, I'll say that. <laughs> he didn't need a reindeer to deliver them. But I got he could have slipped under the door. Oh. <laughs> a swallow could have dropped it off on the way to Capistrano. <laughs> well, perhaps you're expecting too much. Well, all I asked for was a motorcycle, a steamboat, and a rifle. What did I get? Stockings, wool, and underwear... And a do-bill for some dental work. <laughs> you know what I think, Bergen? What? You mailed my Christmas list. You didn't mail that. You mailed the laundry list. Is that <laughs> Well, I investigated that, Charlie, and I found out. Yeah. Santa Claus was afraid to come down our narrow chimney. Oh, you are. Yes. Claustrophobia. Yes. <laughs> You've heard of Santa Claustrophobia, haven't you? <laughs> what are you griping about? i got to live with him. Oh, <laughs> that I hate you? Do I have to be ashamed of you beside? All right. Well, I have a sneaking suspicion that you're going to get some pretty nice presents this year. That is, providing... I knew there was a catch here. Providing you've memorized your piece the night before, before Christmas. Yes. Then, of course, I know you have. And so I'm going to introduce you to this audience. Uh-huh. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, you want over there, too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're about to hear the famous classic, The Night Before Christmas, by Clement... Clark Moore. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he wouldn't have written it if he had a memorized it. Yeah. Now go ahead. Yeah. I could recite better to memory if I had a book in front of me. No, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, my children, you shall hear the midnight ride of Santa Revere. No, no. Right off the back start, yes. Under the spreading Christmas tree, village Santa's stand. No. Did he go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I better start you off. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Yeah, Bergen, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's the next line? Uh, Christmas for the house. Christmas all through the house. What's the next line? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, the creature was stirring, not even a louse. No. <laughs> the stockings were hung where... 
On a nail? No, no, no. <laughs> By the chimney with care, in hopes the laundry man soon would be there. <laughs> in hopes that Saint, Saint who? Uh, Saint Vitus, no. <laughs> Saint Bernard, no. Saint Paul, no. Minneapolis, no. <laughs> I'm on the wrong track, yes. You don't know? No. I hate myself for not knowing. <laughs> Just hate myself. <laughs> In hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Santa called him, that's fine. The children were nestled all snug in their bed. Shoot if you must, his old gray head. No, no. <laughs> Surely you know the part about Santa Claus as he rides through the skies? Oh, yeah, yeah. He flies through the air with the greatest of ease. The jolly fat man. In a red DVD. <laughs> the next line is, When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, What'd you do? I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Oh, yeah. I tore open the shutters and threw up... Oh, threw up the sash. <laughs> what are the reindeers? names? Oh, let's see. Oh, the reindeers, yes. Oh, darn it, what is it? Dancer and Prancer and Dandruff and Blinces. No. <laughs> Dunder and Lightning. No, no, no. Donner. Oh, yeah. Donner and Michi. No, no. <laughs> I didn't know he made the team. Now, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, on Dancer, on Prancer, and what do you know? Prancer came in, paid 22 to show. No. The end. Give me the present. No, no. Dolly, I don't believe you know the poem at all. I don't believe you've studied it, have you? No, sir, I haven't. Well, as much as you were honest about it, I'm going to give you this lovely present anyway. Oh, thank you. Bless you, bless you. What is it? Well, it's a beautifully illustrated copy of the famous poem, The Night Before Christmas. Yes. <laughs> is that a present? Is that what I get? That's what you get. Bergen, this is Christmas, not April Fool. All Bergen. Command performance takes you now to Washington, D.C. for a Christmas message from the Commander-in-Chief. Ladies and gentlemen, the President. To the men and women of our armed forces, I am very grateful for this opportunity to extend to each one of you, wherever you may be, my most sincere Christmas greeting. We are now involved in a great struggle, a struggle to shape the events of today and tomorrow toward a just and enduring peace for all peoples in all countries. There is still much to be done. The accomplishment of our task will require the same devotion and the same high ideals which you, the men and women of our armed forces, have always displayed. The liberty-loving people throughout the world who in darker days prayed for our success in battle now offer their prayers that our struggle for harmony and tranquility on earth shall succeed. I wish to express to the, na the nation's deep appreciation of the part that you are playing and hope that our gratitude will in some small way compensate for your absence from home, friends, and dear ones on this Christmas day. Again, may I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, gang, it's time for a command performance tradition. You know, this is our fifth round-the-world Christmas program. 
Each one ended with our singing the carols, the Christmas songs we all love. Now Dinah and Gloria and the Homer Hall Chorus link voices and join hands with all of you in hospitals and overseas to sing the great songs of peace in this day, which is a symbol of all that man aspires to. Christmas 1946 ring out clear and free around the world to you who are guarding the peace so dearly won. Listen to them. Their message comes from the hearts of 140 million grateful Americans 
peace on earth, goodwill to men. And Merry Christmas to all of you. This program was arranged with the aid of the Hollywood Coordinating Committee. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.